Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Random Red Shirt Podcast. I am one of the hosts, Zach, and hosting with me is the other host. What's up, Chris? Hello, everyone. Zach, great to be here. And Zach, we've got a great guest. Justin, thank you so, so much for being here. We're just, we're thrilled to have you. Really excited on all that we're going to be able to learn today. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. I'm very excited to be here, although I, I realize I missed the opportunity to, to wear a random red shirt to the show, but <laughs> I'll do better next time. Yeah, no worries. No worries. Yeah, so for those of you uh, tuning in, either through the audio side, uh, through the podcast platforms, or here on YouTube, uh, we always appreciate you here uh, to watch us and listen. Um, if this is your first time on the podcast, uh, be sure to head over to Instagram and Facebook and check us out there. You can subscribe to us on YouTube or your favorite podcast platform. Uh, but Justin Underwood, he has a massive social media presence uh, across Instagram. And I, I I don't know if you have Facebook or not, but I know you have Instagram and he's got a great, great YouTube channel. If you are a fan of Marvel, of anything Marvel or comics or anything like that, be sure to go follow him on there. Uh, his his YouTube channel is called Spidey Hits. Obviously, Spider-Man's this guy. We'll get into all that here in a little bit. But yeah, again, Justin, thank you so much for jumping on with us uh, here and and talking about Marvel and Marvel trading cards mm -hmm. and uh, uh, sharing your passion with us here on the Random Red Shirt Podcast. And I'm happy to be here to talk Marvel on a little bit of a sci-fi podcast channel. It'll yeah. be a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. And we like Marvel, too. I mean, in fact... Um, if this is your first time on our channel, we do have an episode. You can go back. Before we started doing video, there's an audio where we talk specifically about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is a lot of fun. And we decided, mm -hmm. you know, Chris and I were talking. We decided, you know, we haven't talked about Marvel in a while. And, uh, you know, I was telling Chris, I said, you know, there, there's this guy I follow on, on YouTube and Instagram uh, who does all these Marvel trading cards and stuff. And he'd be a great, great guy to have on. So, um, yeah, again, welcome, and uh, the, the, let's, let's jump right into this. So the first thing I wanted to ask you, Justin, is kind of what we do with a lot of the guests we have on. We like to go back in the way machine and, and time travel. <laughs> they did it a lot in Star Trek, so why not yeah. do it here on the Random Retro Podcast? Going back to the very beginning, what's your earliest memory you have Ooh. of becoming like a Marvel fan, Spider-Man comic book? What's your earliest memory of all that? Wow, that's challenging. Earliest, earliest memory. It's... It's, it's got to be X-Men the Animated Series for me. Uh, I, my parents knew nothing about comics, did not know anything about anything fantasy related for that matter. They grew up in a rural setting, you know, where that wasn't really allowed, to be honest with you. It wasn't, you know, just get outside, be in the yard, that kind of stuff. And, but, but X-Men the Animated Series was the first real introduction for me. So that had to be 1992. Okay. Obviously, I had some awareness of, of Spider-Man and these characters, but there's not a solidified memory before then. Gotcha. Yeah, back when back when all of us were growing up, back in the day, being into comics and all that stuff, it wasn't very cool. If you were considered a nerd or a geek or whatever, <laughs> yeah. now, now comic books and everything, they're cool. Everybody wants to, you know, yeah. like superheroes and everything. And I, I think a big reason for that is the, is the MCU. I think that's really opened up a lot of people to this world right yeah I, I think that along with the fact that um, um we we have an avenue where we can talk about it in a way that we can build a community where maybe the playground wasn't always safe yeah, at times yeah. to talk about it and i think that's made a big difference yeah absolutely uh okay so i have to ask because i've been i've been watching your videos for a long time on youtube um, and they're fantastic. Like I said, folks, if you haven't watched them or if you've ever wanted to know anything about Marvel, 
especially trading cards. You got to follow Spidey Hits, um, follow Justin's YouTube channel. But why Spider-Man? What what in particular? I mean, Spider-Man's an awesome character. I mean, we all, I don't know somebody who has said, ah, oh, Spider-Man, he sucks. You know, like a lot of people like Spider-Man. But I'm curious as to, because your channel Spidey Hits, right? Yeah. And a lot of stuff is Spider-Man. Why Spider-Man versus all the other options out there? What 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 drew you to Spider-Man in particular? I've given this actually a lot of thought. It's, it's something um, I've thought quite a bit about. So, like, my first favorite superhero was Wolverine. Like, mm. Wolverine was, mm. was first. Um, but then Spider-Man, the animated series, came out. And and Peter Parker, you know, is this, you know, is this kid who doesn't have his, you know, real parents around, which is a struggle. And that happens for a lot of kids, right, where their parents are separated, divorced, or whatever, whatever circumstances that creates that. Right. And... And he has this, um, he's given this gift, really. He's bit by a radioactive spider. He now has all this strength and ability and agility and heightened senses. And rather than use that selfishly, he chooses to be Spider-Man, which I think is really cool. And couple that with the fact that uh, all the good that he does actually creates challenges in his life with the people that he cares about. And he's having to learn to navigate that. And then also that he wears a mask. And I think the mask is actually really important because that means just about any fan can see themselves in that role because he, he has mm -hmm. masked up. It's not clearly this character or that character, you know, like, you know, say, say a Nightcrawler here. He's got a blue face. People don't probably see themselves relating to Nightcrawler, but I think Spider-Man has such a relatability to him that it's one of the reasons why uh, so many fans around the world and, you know, throughout the last, you know, 60 years have have gravitated towards him nice and he's he's dealing you know he's a young man he's dealing with with problems that young men should should deal with it as they grow up plus he's got all these these powers so wow that's that's really yeah. that's really cool justin that's and if, awesome. you, if you if you go back to the animated series they just did a really good job i think of of setting up this character and and, and struggling with you know good versus evil where uh you know sometimes when people are making up heroes today they try to blur those lines a lot and you end up with a bunch of anti-heroes or, or heroes that don't necessarily contrast that differently than the villain, so to speak. Um, and I love, I always just really love the fact that Spider-Man was just clearly a, a hero and there wasn't any question about his, his moral compass. Oh, now, I love that. Yeah. Go ahead, Zach. Mm -hmm. No, I was going to say, uh, so with the, with the MCU, right, we've, even before the MCU, we had Tobey Maguire with his three Spider-Man yeah. movies. We've gotten... Uh, Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man. We've gotten obviously the most recent uh, with Tom Holland as Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. uh, do you have a favorite of the three? Yeah, it's a tough question as well because uh, I'm in 2002, uh, the first Tobey Maguire Spider-Man hits the theaters. And that was something that to see Spider-Man on the big screen in that way, just as a kid, I never thought would actually happen. Like mm. uh, for it to be realistic and big and, and, um, you know, his power set to be on full display. So that's probably going to be the, the like the most special movie because you can't recreate me that age seeing that for the first time. It's like asking, a, a you know, a lifetime Star Wars fan if there's a movie experience better than 1977 for them. There's not, right? Um, but at the same time, I can't deny the fact that Tom Holland has done a really good job, uh, you know, portraying, kind of what the comic book version of Peter Parker would be like on the screen. Yet Andrew Garfield is probably the funniest to me. And yeah. he's the one who has uh, the best humor. So if I could, uh, you know, obviously if I could put all three of them together, we'd have like 
maybe the perfect Spider-Man, but probably Tobey Maguire, uh, that movie when I watched it first, but Tom Holland embodies Peter Parker the most. Yeah, I was going to say, I think my favorite thing about um, Tom Holland as Spider-Man is his ability to portray this kind of awkward teenager, like a little bit, he's a little bit... um, uh what's the word i'm looking for um he's a little bit uh not to say in denial but i mean he he, you know he hasn't seen much up before he becomes spider-man right he's yeah he he just has this unique view of the world that's not you know quite adult like like some of the other superhero characters i think you see that a lot in Mm -hmm. um i want to say it's the first one spider-man homecoming right yeah i I would say yeah yeah, kudos to mcu because what what I think they've done is they managed to draw out over the course of these really big events and movies, the becoming of Peter Parker as Spider-Man, which we actually see in, in the first issue of Spider-Man in Amazing Fantasy 15. He gets bit. He says, you know what? I'm going to use this to make some money. I'm going to go wrestle. He, he does that. He wins the match. Uh, the event owner doesn't pay him, and it upsets Peter Parker. Then a burglar shows up, robs the event owner, and Peter Parker just lets the burglar leave, only to discover later that that burglar shot and killed Uncle Ben. And his last, and Uncle Ben's last dying words is, "With great power also comes great responsibility." That event, that unfolding, of that event for Tom Holland Spider-Man, has gone all the way up to Multiverse of Madness, which you know, I mean, uh, not Multiverse of Madness, uh, Far From Home. Spoiler alert: That's when we get. Aunt May saying, hey, with great power also comes great responsibility. And then they snap everybody's memory. And he's now actually becoming Spider-Man with that heavy mantle of, of great, with great power comes great responsibility. They've drew that out really well, I think. Yeah, I love that. Now now he's turned to really you know, ser- serving his own community, right? With with this, with the gifts. Yeah, that I think has. they're going to yeah. Yeah, put him back on the street and, yeah. and not have him out in, you know, these huge, big universal events. And we're going to see him their struggle, what it means to be uh, Peter Parker and Spider-Man. Yeah. Spider-Man's got that personal touch, right? So he can, he can affect like on an individual basis, person by person, like with, with mm-hmm. what Spider-Man does in his neighborhood. He's our friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. So yeah. yeah. yeah it's going to be good. <laughs> I uh, haven't heard, but are, is, are they doing more Spider-Man movies with Tom Holland? Or are they going to get a different, a different actor? You know, I believe I heard that they've re-signed them for quite a bit of time. Oh, good. Please, good. please fact check that. Maybe yeah. you never know. Cause you see all the, you know, everybody's like trying to, you know, make the news, so to speak. And uh, with all the, the rumors. And I think I remember hearing that, but it, I don't know that it matters that much. Um, I think they will, but Sony has to put out a Spider-Man movie ever so many years or they lose the rights. So they're going to continue to put out all the Spider-Man movies we want. Yeah, it's very interesting that that dynamic, right? That that Sony still owns the Spider-Man rights, even though Disney has pretty much their whole rest of the MCU. So, um, it's it's very fascinating dynamic between Disney and Sony and how all that plays out. Yeah, and some of that that history actually feeds into Marvel cards a little bit. Mm. Ah, oh, nice. So, J- Justin, tell us about if you would please tell us about your your channel, your YouTube channel, and and what you what made you want to become a creator and have a have a youtube channel we'd love to learn that yeah no thank you for that question so um the in 2000 uh, 
I think it was 2017 to 2018. I started collecting. Well, I was finding a place in my life where from my wife and kids and my income, I had the ability to collect without negatively impacting them. Um, I've, my wife and I've been together since she was 14. I was 15. We were married at 19 and 18. Wow. And, you know, we've just, we, we were just adults from, you know, day one, so to speak. And it wasn't, it wasn't until 2017 that, you know, I was like, okay, I can start collecting something again that I, that I want, you know, the girls are my wife and my two girls are okay. They got what they need. And as I was thinking through that, I wanted to collect something that I could like enjoy but also wanted it to have some type of monetary market aspect of it without being super expensive. And action figures is what I landed on. And, and action figures were a big part of my childhood. Mm. Well, I created an Instagram account that I wanted to be hidden. So I wanted it to kind of have like a gamer tag is what I thought of it as like a gamer name. And so I said, well, I like Spidey. So S-P-I-D-E-Y. My initials are J-E-U, so Jew. And then my birthday is in September 09. So Spidey G09 was my Instagram account I created. Like a, you know, like a burner account. And all I did was post these photos of my action figures. And, and I was doing that from 2017 till 2020, 2020. And in 2020, uh, my profession is, is I'm a banker. I'm a home, I do home loans. And I've been using social media to, to make content for my, my profession, but I knew I needed to level that up and, and, and take it up to the next, uh, the next level. But I was pretty scared. And I was like, you know what? I can start doing video content using this, you know, burner account name, Spidey Joe nine, and no one will watch it. Like no one will care. I'll make 35 videos and it, and it'll be about, you know, what I collect. And at the end of the 35th video, I will know how to do lighting, upload a video, know how to edit, um, work with audio, that kind of stuff. Well, little did I know, my, I uploaded my first video in November of 2020. By February, March, April of the next year, before I got to the 35th video, like a whole community has sprouted up around the channel that was really special, specifically with Marvel cards. And it was during that, those video, that video making that my rediscovery back into the Marvel card hobby began. And I think that's what the channel became. I think the channel became a bit of a representation as my journey into the hobby, you know, re-entry into the hobby and my collection grew. I think that is what was happening to a lot of the viewers. They were getting back into the hobby and they were watching my channel. And so we kind of just grew together, so to speak. Uh, but the, you know, since then, uh, you know, the channel is, is what it is today. I, I renamed it uh, Spidey Hits because I was like, well, uh, Spidey Geo 9 doesn't make any sense. People have trouble <laughs> saying it. And what was meant to be hidden is now not hidden. Uh, and so I so I, I did a rebrand to Spidey Hits, which I'm really glad that I did and, and, and really, really like that name. And it seems to have taken pretty well. Uh, so now I just make content. Um, my very first video, my opening line was, hey, I'm Spidey Geo 9 And I, as always, I hope you're having a marvelous day. And that's really what I wanted for the content. I wanted people to to come to it and leave a little more full than they than they showed up. You know, um, uh, I wanted to give, you know, uh, whether you call it positivity or joy, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I, I just that's the experience that I wanted people to have around this thing that would would have them come to the channel, which is you know nerdy collectibles, so to speak. 
and I've been really committed to that. Um, and I think that's one of the things that has also really impacted the channel. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I, <clears throat> I mean, I don't, I collect a, like about that much of Marvel cards, uh, over the yeah. years. Um, I've gotten some of like the, I think I got, what was it? 27, 2017 or 2019 Marvel premiere. And then yeah. I think I think I got 2020 or 2021 Marvel premiere. I've gotten some of those. Those are about, those are about as high end as I've got uh, just because I've noticed too. I mean, co COVID impacted a lot of stuff, obviously, right? But COVID yeah. really impacted. I collect a little bit of sports cards too. COVID really impacted sports cards. When COVID was hit and everybody's at home, sports cards went through the roof. And now I think mm -hmm. I, you probably are seeing this like uh non-sport cards even marvel cards i think aren't haven't been immune from the impact of the increased pricing yeah that that would be that would be a drastic understatement um, <laughs> yeah we uh when when i came into when i came back into what i'll call modern marvel cards so i collected in the 90s as a kid um what i realized was that the cards were the thing that had the biggest nostalgic pull to me even more than the action figures and the reason I didn't pick Marvel cards first is because I didn't know where you could even find them. Like mm. there was nowhere to go buy them. There was nowhere to go pick them up. I think I stumbled into a couple of Facebook groups and just to be truthful, they didn't feel welcoming at all. Mm -hmm. uh, the whatever learning curve there was for modern stuff. I just remember asking a question and kind of getting a, you don't belong here kind of answer, you know, mm. like if you don't already know, then you're not going to get the, get the information. And, and, whether that's what they meant, that's how I felt. And so I just stayed away. And and if I, if I would see some cards, you know, I would buy them, but they were generally nineties cards, mass produced, overproduced cards, but they were, they were what I enjoyed as a kid. Yeah. They were nostalgic. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They were nostalgic. Uh, but in January, 2021, uh, I stumbled onto the fact that Marvel cards were about, were going through that COVID boom. And, and I was kind of amazed that, that something I enjoyed was getting that kind of attention, especially in, in, in the realm of what people would pay for it. Well, then, then I stumbled onto a new release called uh, Marvel Masterpieces, 2020 yeah. Marvel Masterpieces, which yep. uh, the, you know, that name goes all the way back to 92. It's, it's, mm. it's been near, near and dear to me from the beginning as a, as a Marvel collector, Marvel fan. And I was able to buy into that product at the, at the time of the release on what's called Upper Decks EPAC and, no, they're not digital cards or yep. physical cards. Yep. I get um, some on there too, a little bit. Yeah. And dude, that just sucked me right back in. Uh, the, the, the experience of being able to get a modern Marvel card and, and now beginning to figure out where to get them uh, just sucked me right in. And next thing I know, my content just shifted immediately from, from action figures, Marvel Legends to, to Marvel trading cards. And when I was first buying cards, I was buying them for you know, $100, $200, $600. And that was totally foreign to me. You're talking about not, for the boxes or individual singles? Ind individual singles. And spending that much money on, on a collectible was so foreign to me. It was, uh, it was really painful to be honest yeah. with you. <laughs> mm. um, but by the end of the year, those cards that I bought for $75, $100, Two hundred dollars, six hundred dollars. It was a rainbow of twenty ninety nine Spider Man PMGs, is what it was. Oh yeah, um, I think I've seen some of your videos with some of those PMGs. They're they're yeah. stupid expensive now. <laughs> I, I sold that set of. Oh, let's see, it was a purple, green, 
blue, red, bronze, the five cars for $35,000. And that was a Spider-Man? The PMG is a Spider-Man himself? No, that was twenty ninety nine. Oh, Spider-Man 2099. Got it. Miguel okay. O'Hara. Yeah, Spider-Man yeah. 2099. Um, That's a so car. I went from, <laughs> yeah, I went from, oh my gosh, this is really expensive to how can I not sell these because of right. what people are willing to pay for them. Yeah. And, and, and by the way, they're not selling for that now, but that's to your point. It was so impacted by just this. People were people were seeing what sports cards were selling for. A a a precious metal gem, a PMG in sports, was selling for yeah. hundreds of thousands of dollars. And so other buyers looked at Marvel and said, "Well, this is Spider Man. How could it not sell for tens of thousands of dollars?" Yeah. And and that that happened. And whether whether it should or shouldn't, that's something we can talk about. Uh, but that was my experience of it and, and kind of, you know, facilitated, you know, some of the craziness that you see. I think you made a good point though, Justin, because <clears throat> it's the same way with any collectibles, right? I mean, mm -hmm. I, I try to explain this to my wife that some people invest in stocks and yeah. some people invest in other stuff, right? <laughs> Real estate, whatever. I mean, I have a, a, a variety of different collectibles and things like that. I, I, I'm a little bit all over the place in some regards. I've tried to narrow my focus a little more these days. But, yeah, I mean, collectibles and, and, and trading cards are the same way. Uh, you could sell one, one trading card one day for – I'll give you an example real quick here because mm -hmm. I collect sports cards. I don't, I, I don't collect as much as I used to because they've gotten so expensive. I can't, I'm, I can't pay five, $600 for a box of cards and get $20 back in value. It's just, it's, yeah. it's not a good idea, but I got <clears throat> back in, this is when I was living up in Alaska, Chris, I got, I'd bought in two separate boxes of football cards. This is before the whole COVID pandemic spike in, in sports cards. And each of those boxes, they were at different times, different sets. <clears throat> I pulled two different um, Patrick Mahomes rookie cards autographed. Wow. I sold one at auction on eBay. It was a it was a rookie patch autograph numbered out of seventy five of Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I sold it at auction. It sold for thirty eight dollars, mm -hmm. and I saw I came across it one day randomly in somebody's uh, 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 grading submission return video, and it was the exact car because I knew the number, I knew exactly what it looked like, everything like that, and it was graded a nine five ten from Beckett, and it's like a I think it's like a I don't know what a ten thousand dollar card or something ridiculous now that I sold for thirty eight dollars at auction. Another one I sold before he even wow. started a game for $125 and it's now several thousand. And so it, it's wow. collectibles I found, and you probably find this the same thing, Justin, whether it's comics or action figures or trading cards, that if there's a card that you have, that's not maybe a PC card, a personal collection card, right? That you mm -hmm. or you're like, Hey, I'm, I'm, I, I pulled this, but I, I don't collect it. So I'm going to move on and sell it. There's a window right of where it's peak value and as a collector you you kind of ha you have to know where that window is or have to have yeah. some idea of where that is right otherwise you could either lose a lot of money or make a lot of money <laughs> the, the window is really hard for collectors to see yep because those windows are designed to target you as a collector it's it's difficult to enjoy and love and and and, and want these things and see them in the mind frame, the mindset of like, I'm only here for the profit. I'm only here to sell it. Yeah. And, and it, and it makes it dangerous. I mean, you, you, you've got to be, well, whatever it is for you, but for me, let me say it that way. I gotta be really awake to the fact that if I'm spending money on something, uh, there doesn't need to be this exit strategy. Like I got to really want it and, and, and want to keep it uh, because the idea that I'm going to be able to 
you know, just automatically sell it for more money or get my money back is, is just not true. Right. Yeah. That's, I think that's a big thing. Like when you're getting the collectibles, you, you mm -hmm. can't assume that you're going to get your money back. Right. You, you almost have to go into it, especially with like, I look like sports cards, especially uh, mm -hmm. you have to go into it thinking I'm going to take a loss. And then if you do happen to, let's say you buy something and then you get some stuff, you keep some and you sell the rest, you have to mm -hmm. assume you're going to have a loss, but maybe hope that you'll get some, you know, your, at least your money back. Yeah. Cause there are, really, there really are flippers believe, out there. I mean, yeah. Yeah. If you really believe in it, you know, um, and, and kind of the, you know, the eye of Sauron hasn't turned his eye on that idea <laughs> where there's, you know, market manipulation or, or people who are trying to create a market with it, then, then maybe you'll do well. You just, you just gotta be careful. I mean, um, there's there's a there's a greater expense to spending money than just the money being gone right right yeah and and it's just be mindful of that before yeah. you start trying to I, buy something just because you think you're going to sell it for more later yeah i was going to say real quick um uh, you probably have i'm assuming marvel cards are the same way but i i've noticed in, this in other non-sports cards as well as sports cards that uh the best time to buy like let's say you want to buy a single right of some car, whether it's like a PMG or maybe it's an autograph mm -hmm. card of somebody or a sketch card, or whatever. Typically, the best day to buy that is not on release day, right? Because <laughs> on release day, people throw stuff up on eBay and they ask stupid prices, hoping to get as much as they can because there's no market yet for it. And then yeah. people go out and way overpay for a card, which I've done a couple times in some things, but I've I've tried to learn my lesson. So does that do you see that as well in Marvel cards that release day typically yeah. is really really bloated and inflated in prices? Well, Upper Deck, the way they release this product, they do a physical release first, and they we won't know exactly how much of the actual print run is going to be physical. And let me explain what I mean. I mean, you have to actually open up a box to obtain the card, right? A box pack, uh, a box break to get the card. If they put it on their website, which is still a physical release, but you're opening it digitally online, um, that comes later. And so if you're buying it on release date, then that means all the collectors who are looking at this new product are actually fighting over a limited portion of the release. So you might be like, well, this is the only one on eBay. Well, that's because the rest of them are on EPAC and they're coming mm -hmm. later, two months from now. And so you got to be really mindful about, um, you know, be patient really to, to not overspend in that initial release day. And then when then when the product comes out again, and I don't want to confuse any listeners who are not like in the in the hobby for Marvel cards, but when Upper Deck does their EPAC release, you really want to be patient there as well because they they have this thing called achievements, and people will overspend for achievements to to complete achievements. But once the achievements are done, then then everybody's dumping. They're selling to get their recoup their money as as much as they can. And that's real, that can be a really good time to pick up the product. So th <clears throat> this is actually really fascinating to me um, because yeah. I, I am one of those uh, individuals that I, I know so little about the, the industry. And so within there is so much depth and so much nuance and so much speciality that goes in, yeah. into it. This, this, is, this is awesome. But I have a quick question for Zach. For Zach, did your, <clears throat> your rationale and justification to your wife for the card collection has has what did that work was that successful <laughs> um 
that's a negative ghost rider. The pattern is full. Um, uh, no, typically anytime I'm spending money on collectibles, there's very little rationale or justification that is going to work with my wife, unless it's something where she's like, if you can guarantee me that you buy this and then you turn around and flip it and make money, you can get it. Otherwise, otherwise there's no justification. (laughs) I mean, she's, she's become, I mean, I'm sure your, your wife's understanding as well, Justin, but my my wife's become more understanding i think over the years because she sees kind of like what i do um typically when it comes to specific things i collect i I try to do as much research as i can before i buy Mm -hmm. something whether it's like an autograph photo or a trading card or a comic or what whatever it is right i you know Mm -hmm. typically or the my one six scale figurines uh that you mentioned you don't want to get into because they'll they, they will suck you in just i'm telling you don't even go on sideshow's website because it's like crack for i'm crack. not it's bad <laughs> it's really bad especially because you said you're into figure you were into figures younger like th- this is a whole nother ball game yeah i'm pretty I mean, sure if, if i bought one over, of those it'd be once for fun twice for life yeah those are stuck. my two cases yeah, right there full of uh, Full of fit yags yeah, out so, so you know it's just not <laughs> it's not something you want to go down the road but yeah i try to do my research chris like yeah. i just try to because because it's like going to my wife saying hey I, i'm looking at something i want to purchase it's kind of like going to a bank right you got to have all your ducks in a row you got to know oh, like, you're, she's gonna underwrite it i got it <laughs> she, she's the underwriter yeah she's kind of the underwriter for the uh the, the eagle bank and um, unfortunately, I don't always have the greatest credit, so you know she doesn't let me borrow well, against past history there, my friend. That, that's right, yeah. I mean, she doesn't always let me borrow against against <laughs> as much as I thought I had. So um, I don't know if that answers your question, Chris. But uh, the yeah. I, I, I I call I call my wife the house commander. So yeah. typically, house commander has to sign off on most stuff. Yeah. I like that. Hey, I did oh. want to speak to him a little bit. I, you know, I, I do think there is the possibility that. As the, well, let me back up. So when we're, you know, putting our money in, say, 401k bonds or stocks or whatever, uh, the vast majority of Americans don't know what it is or how it works. They're just, they were told to do it and they were told Mm. it was the right thing to do. So they do it, right? I think if there was ever an opportunity for people to be able to put their money in something they understand and they love and they have an appreciation for, there probably would be a shift towards that. Um, and I could see how that could be collectibles in some way, in some space, but the forces that are at play, one of those being whether or not it's regulated is going to be a huge hurdle for, before that kind of, for that to really, really sink in or, or take hold, I, I believe. Well, and there's, there's a big, there's a big issue for any market of collectibles, whether it's signed stuff, whether it's trading cards, right there, there is that aspect, unfortunately, of the the, mar- the market, the industry uh, of, of fraud, right? People making oh, phonies and it's, it's rampant. I mean, I, I collect a fair amount of autograph stuff um, and I am so picky on the companies that I buy from if I'm not getting it in person myself because the only true authentication you have is you yourself getting it physically in person in front of and watching the person sign something, right? Yeah. So, you know, I, I'm sure you've seen it too, right? With with Marvel cards, there's probably a ton of fakes out there, especially because of where the market's at today versus what it was pre-COVID. Well, I, I wouldn't use the the word ton, and and because I can't substitute, I can't I can't prove that. Uh, I have seen some, and it scares scares me a lot. Anytime you know, anytime you have um, you know something that a lot of money is going into. The, the the fakes are going to follow it right? right 
because people are looking for that opportunity to make money. And and you look at the ability that people have to nowadays to to edit and then print at a really high quality and level to to almost match what's what's being produced by these trading car companies. But you do you really need to know who you're buying from, and you know being able to figure out is it is it the real thing, uh, because you might spend hundreds of dollars which is a lot of money to a lot of people or even thousands of dollars and, and discover that it was fake. Like, like it's happened with the Michael Jordans. Mm. So how would someone like me, um, mm-hmm. I mean, so, so I watched one of your opening videos, Justin was awesome. And I, and yeah. I, and I got to see this really beautiful artwork that I had never seen before on these Marvel cards. And how would someone like me, um, that just wants to enjoy or get started, you know, yeah. how would I go about that? Like, where should I get it? Like, what should I be aware of? Like, how would well, it start? I would say, I would say first, um, find a buddy. Mm. That'd be the first <laughs> thing I would do. Uh, you know, someone that's, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you can find someone yeah. that's, that's been around a little bit that, you know, is, you know, going to be kind and patient to, to answer your questions. And, and I would start with a really, really, really narrow focus. I would get to know one set really well pursue it in whichever way that, you know, speaks to you, whether it be a base set or a particular insert set or a subset or a character within that set, you know, whatever that means. I'd like, I'd, I'd have like serious narrowed focus. And then once you, you know, got to know that and completed that and have those questions answered, I would take what you learned and I would apply it to another character or insert or set and, and, and begin to expand and then pretty rapidly, especially as intelligent as you know, most of the community that's liking this in this channel is, you're going to pick up pretty fast. You're going to learn learn pretty fast. Uh, but that's how it started. Find a buddy, and I'd, I'd have really really narrow focus. Nice, nice. I I heard you guys say digital cards too. Um, yeah. I don't. I mean, I don't know what that is. Is that is that is that a thing? Is that like? Do well, they do the, all right. Let me let me say what it isn't. There's no okay. NFT Marvel card. Mm. Period. Okay. Uh, if you see anything that's NFT Marvel related, it's not connected to Upper Deck, who has the the license to the trading card, because they only have a physical license. Tops has a digital license, and Tops cannot make physical Marvel cards. And this is all within the U.S. base, okay? Not globally, because the international license is is different in different places. But in the U.S., Upper Deck has the physical license. Tops has a digital license. Neither one of them make NFTs, from what I understand. And, and but, what I'm sorry, NFT is non fungible token. Ah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, you know, well, if you know what it is, then you need you know what it is. But uh, it's still digital, but it, you can prove the ownership of the thing, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 so that that's what you know supposed to make that you know valuable, but. As it relates to Upper Deck, they do have a, a website called Upper Deck EPAC, and there will be digital cards, but they can't exist off of that ecosystem of EPAC. But you can convert digital cards into a physical card. I mean, if you get 10 digital, you combine them, and you could then get a physical card that you can mail home. Yeah, I actually yeah, bought I some... Um, I bought some... I haven't bought too many e-packs off of Upper Deck's website, but I did buy some of the Marvel Spider-Man, the metal Spider-Man stuff. Uh, I bought a, I bought a, a hobby box of it. It was 
it was terrible. Um, yeah. uh, and, and it was, it was just terrible. Um, but right. I, I did get some EPACs and I did get a comic yeah. cut out of the EPACs. So that was cool. Oh, nice. Um, and, then, and then I, and then I just, I redeemed it for the physical card, Chris, and then they shipped me the physical card. So that basically it shows you a picture of what the card is. And then, um, I redeem quote unquote, redeem it. Say I, I request to have the card. I paid the shipping. I think it was. And then they mailed me the physical card. Yeah. So, oh, nice. Yeah, this it's an inter- it's an interesting yeah. way to collect cards. It's, it's it's somewhat new, I think. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, yeah, oh, yeah. It's, Upper it's, Deck EPAC's been around since 2016. Uh, it's a real cost effective way for Upper Deck to get product to the consumer without having to deal with dis- uh, distributors and and you know significant boxing and shipping. Um, and so it's you know there's a lot more profit in it for them. Uh, so that's that's one of the reasons why they want to have their product on this that ecosystem yeah i like i like a fair amount of the marvel upper deck sets that they've done i'm not a fan of the marvel movie sets that they do because it seems like now especially nowadays maybe earlier on when they did it but upper deck now it just seems like it's so hard to pull anything of significance out of any of the sets that are based on the marvel movies you know, you're you getting a lot of manufactured garbage, I think. At least in my opinion, that's how I feel what it is. Like, oh, you get this patch that they manufactured, and that's one of your hits. It's like, eh, for $120, you got to give me something more than that. It used to be back when I first started buying some of the Marvel movie cards based mm-hmm. off of, like, Avengers and stuff like that. They would, there was like, you're either guaranteed an autograph or a sketch. Now it's like you're lucky if you get either one of those in, you know, 10, 12, 16 box case. Yeah, and I don't want to, I don't want to, um, you know, kind of prop upper deck up and say they're doing a great job but the real issue is with with disney with marvel uh you know marvel studios is basically from what i understand they, they're saying hey anything that's on these movie sets belongs in a museum mm-hmm. and they're not get they're not letting it go yeah. where they used to be able to get uh you know real authentic uh you know apparel or you know uh items that were used in the movies uh relics they they can't do that now and then on top of that, to get access to these actors and actresses, they're not able to get the product in front of them where they can get on-card autos. They're having to do all stickers yep, uh, because they're signing hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them at a time because that's the only way they can afford it or get access to them and, and get it in a way that they can get it onto the product in a timely manner. And that's really watered down the MCU product, both of those things. Yeah, it's been, it's been pretty rough, but... Uh... I do like some of the, you said the, the 2020, was it Marvel masterpieces that you got into? Was that the, was that the Joe Jusco uh, set? Well, yeah. Well, Joe Jusco is 1992 and 2016. Marvel oh, so it was 2020. Okay. So it's 2016. I couldn't 20, remember. But 2020 is Dave Palumbo. Palumbo, got it. Who is the son of Julie Bell, who was one of the masterpiece artists in 1996. Nice. Yeah. The Marvel masterpiece sets, I mean, they've gotten pretty expensive, but. They're they're really nice. They're thick cards, think about right? It this way. Cards and stuff are thick. Yeah, they're 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 premium stocks or premium cards. But the big thing about those is that they take a fantasy. Generally, they take a fantasy artist. That means this artist has worked either on um, Magic the Gathering or uh, whatever sci-fi you know books or you know in that realm so to speak where you have these realistic fantasy artists and they they say well look what if they did original art for a marvel character and so they take that style and 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 bring it to life with a marvel character 
and the, these cards, the art that's on them is not republished comic book art. It is one of a kind for that trading card set. So original fantasy art for that set is, you know, basically a masterpiece on a card. Yeah, I can I can identify with Magic the Gathering cards. So so I've got, <laughs> I've got okay I've got I, I've got those and I do um I love I love the artwork and I love the Magic the Gathering system and all, all of that. Well, Dave Palumbo was a Magic the Gathering artist. Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. Nice. Oh, so Justin. So of those, and you you've got this this awesome history of knowing the the artists on these on these Marvel cards. Um, yeah. So of these, are you even able to ha have pick a favorite or do you have a, a group of favorites that you oh like? wow uh favorite marvel card artist that's tough <laughs> like probably my my favorites would be you know jack kirby or um uh john ramita senior todd mcfarlane jim mm -hmm. lee yeah. like, but they uh other than john ramita senior none of those artists made art specifically just for a trading card. Okay. It was for the comic book. And then that art ended up on a trading card. Right. Okay. Um, but of the artists that are, that, that make art specifically for the trading card, Joe Jesco is, it's just so seared in my memory. Uh, he's definitely one of my favorites. Julie Bell, Boris Vallejo, uh, the Hildebrandts, the two twin brothers who, who did, who did art. Uh, there's so, there's there's a lot of them, but but those would would be towards the top. I'm learning I'm learning more and more. <laughs> so out of I, mean, I, have, all I the... have some original art for from two of the uh, two of the masterpiece artists sitting behind me. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Well, bring them over if you want to yeah. show them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me uh, let me actually let me take my let me take you to them if that's okay. Yeah. yeah go for it. Yeah. If if you right. if you are listening to this uh, episode of our podcast on the audio side, yeah. please feel free to jump over to YouTube and check out the video so you can see the stuff that Justin's yeah. showing us. Switch this camera around. Can you see all right? Sure can. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, here's the uh, let's grab. This is this is the uh, Joe Jesco. Oh, nice. Uh, this is was this is actually from um, FPG Universe, who did an officially licensed Marvel card release of the 1992 uh, Marvel card set in, in a kind of a coffee table book. Mm. And then Joe recreated each one of those cards into an art piece. And so it's technically licensed. Uh, it's not the actual art that was used for the card, but it is the same. It is the same character. Uh, that was used nice. for the card. So that's one. And then Simone Bianchi did, he did the 2018 Marvel Masterpieces, and this Black Costume Spider-Man is a piece that I had done by him. Wow. That is amazing. In the, in the <laughs> secret pose, secret wars pose, that's where the Black Costume shows up for the first time. Right. Uh, this is a card that's signed by Todd McFarlane. Can you see the signature there? Yep. Yeah. And then that's the first ever Venom card signed by Tom McFarlane. Yeah, are those are those CGC? Is that who did the grading on those? Yeah, C CGC CGC did the grading on those. Nice. And then one of my favorite cards is the John Romita Senior here, Spider-Man. And oh. for those who don't know, John Romita Senior is the person who did the art on Punisher, the very first <laughs> Punisher. 
Oh yeah, that amazing. What number is that? Amazing Spider-Man. What I can't remember the number. One twenty-nine. But and, and look, just showing you that comic book really is an understatement for what John Romita has done for Spider-Man. He's done right. way more than that, and, and long before that that issue. But that's yeah, the Chris, one I have close. And... Chris is a huge Punisher fan, so that's yeah, that's pretty pretty big. I do oh. see, I do see right next to the uh, the sketch there your uh, Amazing Spider-Man cut card there i saw the video yeah the the the, the graded at a 10 which is just insane that's an awesome awesome card that was a, from amazing fantasy uh was it 15 or 15 yeah so 15, this yeah is, from his um, first appearance of spider-man right yeah that's exactly right so they they cut up a comic book from 1962 and and took pieces and put it in the cards not not unlike you were talking about with the movies how they do relics right yeah um yep. but these are they only did 15 of them and yeah. I was able to get this one. This is the second appearance of him in the suit, you know, with it on in the in the issue. But this is the this is the one that's the most close up, like a profile. Yeah, I'm really, really grateful to have it. And, and it's graded at team. ten, which is fantastic. Yeah, very happy. And then I got Todd to sign this comic cut here, which is great. Um, but this is the Joe Jusco Spider Man, the the masterpiece artist that we were talking about. Mm. And this is my childhood drawing of said Spider-Man. <laughs> Ch childhood drawing, whereas like you drew it. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Well, actually, this is the, this is actually the preliminary. I, I sketched it out, and then I did a painting, but I gave the painting away to someone who asked for it in school. That's cool. that's uh, awesome looking. Oh, well, thanks. But I've been a fan of that for for a very long time. And then here are the PMGs, precious metal gems. So this yeah, is the uh, twenty, yeah, the twenty twenty two. This is the twenty thirteen, which is the first year ever. This is the twenty seventeen. So twenty thirteen was that in the Fleer? Was it the Fleer Retro? That's correct, uh, Fleer yeah. Retro. So uh, for anyone who's, you know, not familiar, twenty thirteen Fleer Retro is is the most expensive box that you can buy. Uh, they're down right now, and they are selling for fifteen to twenty thousand dollars a box. Oh my gosh. 15, you know what's you know 15 what's, to twenty thousand dollars a box that's if you can find um, one i i only know of outside of a case that sold on golden auction for two hundred and ninety thousand. um uh, i only know of i don't know maybe eight or nine boxes in that have not been opened that's that makes me sad because um when i was living up in alaska chris yeah. i got one of those exact boxes at Bosco's, oh, wow. I opened one. I think I think it was like 2015 or 2016 when I opened it, and to think that they're worth that much. Oh yeah. gosh! Well, and they're worth that much because uh, the green version of this Spider-Man out of ten, yeah, um, sold for two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Yep. Wow, that's a I'm, for I'm some people. I am learning a ton. This is this is excellent. When when you both say when you say PMG Precious Metal Gem. Huh? Is that a is that a brand of it's a sports art? brand so okay uh let me let me give you a little bit of a history here if that's okay yeah please. so do you have this card says metal yes okay this is a 1995 spider-man here this this brand was made by a company called arena designs they designed it and then gave it to was it skybox yeah i think it was skybox yeah and this was the inaugural metal set it did so well, they then carried it over to sports in 1996. Well, 1996 is a really important year because that is the year of Kobe Bryant's rookie uh, rookie card. It's also the year, the last year that 
Jordan was wearing a Bulls shirt. Uh, no, he last year he wore it was ninety eight. Ninety six was like one of the greatest teams of all time. That's yeah, they won the championship that year because I believe that was the year my old now defunct Seattle SuperSonics uh, played them <laughs> in the finals, and I went to one of the finals game in Seattle against the Bulls, and uh, we lost. But yeah. um, Gary yeah. Payton and Sean Kemp, that's right. Yeah, that's right. The Rain Man and the Glove. That's it. That's it. Well, um, those PMGs, precious metal gems. Uh, that was the first year that you had metal product in sports, particularly NBA. And the first year they did this subset, this insert set. They took the base cards and they did 100 precious metal gems with the first 10 being green and the last 90 being red. Well, a okay. green PMG of, of Kobe Bryant or Michael Jordan today sells upwards to seven figures. Okay. Jeez. So... When Upper Deck acquired, eventually Upper Deck acquired the rights to Skybox. And in 2013, they decided to take those sports brands and put them on their Marvel card. Uh -huh. And so that's what they did. And so this is the first ever PMG of a Marvel card. And this is the first Spider-Man. Yeah, and, and so that's, yeah. that's why these cards ended up doing so well, because of the yeah. fact that sports people understood the, the brand. They understood the insert. And then they would go, hey. Spider-Man's really popular because the MCU, these must be valuable. And, and then people started overpaying for them. Yeah, the, I think the, yeah, the MCU did a lot for comics and a lot for, I think, cards <laughs> like Marvel trading cards. Insane. By the way, I paid uh, almost 20000 for this. And I'm, I probably would only get, you know, somewhere between seven and 12000 today for it. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. The market's down a lot. Yeah. But this it's is pretty still, cool it, here. It, but, but Justin, it's still an awesome card to have. And your yeah. Spidey hits, right? So, I mean, it belongs in the collection, right? So I think that's... <laughs> it, well, it, it does, and I appreciate that. Um, but actually, so this card, this is the 2017 uh, Red PMG. I, had, I, I did own the gold one of one. I remember that. I, I think I shot it in the video years, yeah. I, only, I now only own a small percentage of it left. Um, but I got offered way more money than I could turn down and stay married. <laughs> yeah but it was only one it was a one of one yeah have you kept some of the cards like when when you started collecting like in the 1992s have you kept some of the cards since since then yeah. like the, nice nice oh yeah 100 yeah uh let's see if i have any of this like right here graded this from my childhood but outside of maybe this 90mu here I think that would be the only one. I really don't think this this one came from my childhood. Uh, let's see. Do I have any more back there? No, not in this display. Yeah. Um, the you know the cards when when I had them as a kid, you're not thinking that they're going to be worth anything really. <laughs> no and, joke. <laughs> and that condition was going to play such a huge role. Um, but kind of glad I didn't because I enjoyed them. I, I love yeah. flipping through them and drawing yeah. them and looking at them. Well, and those older cards, they weren't they weren't made to be graded, you know. Like they did, they didn't think of that in mind when they made them back then. So it was <laughs> it was good. you know, get, getting something in a really high grade for oh. an old older card like that is really difficult. I'm sure. By the way, that is the that's the retro box. That's, yep, that's the box we were talking about. That this, yeah, this I done bought one out. of those boxes back in the day. Wish <laughs> I would have kept it sealed. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. If you open it, the value is gone for sure. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Interesting. But here, let me go ahead and show you this. This we're here. So this is the um, this is the first ever. These are the first ever Marvel cards made from 1966. 
these are the Donruss, and on the back they make a, a picture of Daredevil, Captain America, Spider-Man, and I think Thor and Hulk. Um, but they're fun. Write your own caption. They're still, you know, in that comic-y novelty feel. But yeah. I think these are important because, I mean, they're sold. Spider-Man came out in 62, and these are 66. Anything else you want to see out of out of these? Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> I want to transport myself over there and just, like, immerse myself. This is just... Justin, this is fantastic. Yeah. I mean, um, and it looks Star Wars stuff. Yeah, what was there you ask go. You? Yeah, it looks like you're um, you're a fan of big fan of Star Wars too, and this is excellent. This is right okay. Up- so we're actually the real yeah. question, Justin. The really uh, mm-hmm. the most important question that we're going to ask tonight. All right. Yeah. The most important really question is, do you like Star Trek? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 not, uh, not, in, not in the way that I think it would honor your, your channel and your, and your viewers to say yes. Justin, um, it's, no worries, because, because Zach, Zach and I had a, uh, our very first like, episode, we, were, like, uh, we had our top 10 franchises. And so, uh-huh. so Zach's number one was Star Trek. Uh, my number one was Star Wars. So and one oh, of wow. us and one of us was correct, and you can guess which one that was. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, look, um, I talked myself out of it, but I but I almost was going to be like, man, I'm so happy to be on this channel, you know, where you guys talk about Star Wars. It's going to be a lot of fun, uh, and I decided not to make that joke. <laughs> <laughs> well, but uh, no, but so, the, th- the funny thing is, we do talk about Star Wars. Yeah, we do. In fact, um, we we our, our very our second episode we ever had was called the great nerd debate which was star trek versus star wars we've also talked yeah. about the obi-wan series we talked about andor we talked about uh the disney the disney star wars movies that shall not be named um the, the, yeah. the new trilogy that shall not be named uh, <laughs> chris well, those I are chris's think, favorite star wars I think movies if you i think if your if your rules of this are deciding what's number one and the rules are it's the nerdy top 10 i, I think hands down star trek takes it i don't even think it's close to be honest with you um, but if you're asking what, which property I enjoy more, uh, I enjoy Star Wars more. And, and this is actually kind of an interesting topic because when I was in elementary school, I never, I never wanted to watch Star Wars. I didn't want anything to do with it. Mm. I didn't, I, if it was on, I didn't, it just didn't capture me, but I did watch Star Trek, particularly, mm. uh, particularly, uh, um, one with Picard in it. Um, yeah. yeah, Next Generation. Generation. Yeah. Yep. Did I say that correctly. Okay, I don't want to embarrass yep. myself. Nope, you um, didn't embarrass yourself. Okay, Patrick Stewart. Yeah. And and but I loved Data. Was I loved him as a just the idea of him being this. He's he's a humanoid android. Is yeah. he all robot? He's, yeah, he's a hundred percent android. Um, but uh, you know the the whole thought of him wanting to be more human, right? Even though he's a yeah. robot. And and I had the action figures. And I remember, I love the data because his his like his arm would open up and you could see his his wires and stuff. It was like really, really, I really, really like that. But I remember the 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 thought of because uh, I had the toy and it would have these little, um, you know, sci-fi devices they would hold. And I remember thinking like, would it be cool if we owned something like this one day? And and now here I am, you know, with a with a phone that I'm talking to you and you're walking around and we're, we're making content together. On this little yeah. device, and I'm like, hey, we're living in it to some degree. 
Yeah, well, in Star Trek: The Next Generation, they they um, you know introduced the pad, P A D D, for personal access mm -hmm. display device, and we have those now. They're called iPads. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, no, yeah. I agree. Uh, yeah. But I did watch those, and you, it probably wouldn't take too much to to jog my memory of, of those episodes as a kid. But in in nineteen ninety eight, mm -hmm. episode one came out, Star Wars, and. Yeah. Um, Nine that nineteen ninety nine. Yeah. Was it ninety nine? Yeah, yep. May. May that might have, I gotta think about that. You know what? It was summertime though. Yeah. It was summer it was summertime. And I'm I was thinking it was ninety eight because I thought in Arkansas and that's why I lived in Arkansas, but there is a chance that I went back up there that summer because I was still dating some girls mm. there. Mm -hmm. Uh but either way, that it's either it was ninety eight, ninety nine, whichever one that you know episode one just captured my attention and, and brought me into star Wars for the first time and that's when that shift happened yeah oh interesting mm -hmm. yeah yeah i mean i love oh, yeah, i mean you've got galactus there and silver surfer which is awesome yeah i wasn't yeah. sure if you wanted to see anything else before i went and sat back down but we have these yeah. and then of course we have our comics yeah i was gonna i was gonna um, say show, show us one of your favorite comics you have up there maybe your most valuable comic well this, this would be the most valuable one this is the um this is first appearance one, of Hulk. which is yep. No, uh first full appearance of Wolverine. Oh, that's right, that's right. Wolverine, yeah. First appearance of Wolverine. That's what yeah. And it's it's signed by Stan Lee. Nice. So that one's really special. And, and 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 my brother's the one who got that book. I have it in my position now. Um but this spawn number one is actually really special because it's a new stand nine eight, and those are very rare and difficult to get. And that um, looks like it's a CGC signature series. So did McFarlane sign that one? Yeah, and, and it's the full Todd McFarlane, which he doesn't, he signs so much now, he does a lot of T. Dot McFarlane. Uh, yeah. Or if he does sign Todd, you don't get two Ds, you get two O's and a D. Um, so, uh, so those are pretty special. Um, then yeah, this will be relevant for this week, but we have the 2099 first full appearance. Nice. Uh, or issue number one, I should say, not first full appearance. Issue I had one, that one. That... I had the red foil one in a nine eight. I think I sold it because it the price had spiked on it, and I wasn't attached to it. And then I think it yeah. came back down a little bit. But uh, but the white one is a toy biz variant, so you had to get it in, in an action figure box that generally would get bent on the hook, on the mm. peg. So that in high grade is really really special and pretty nice. rare. Um, but of course, uh, the the first full appearance of of Silver Surfer. And Galactus, uh, those are really cool. Uh, so I like those are probably some of the better ones. Nice, that's awesome. I was gonna actually gonna show you. Um, I've got a, a a pretty awesome sketch card here that I'll oh, show you. You want to see? No, yeah. I'll show these and I'll sit down. But here's some okay. of my Spawn stuff. I don't know. If oh, Spawn! Yeah, yeah. Nice. Every nice. Spawn. Um, but those are those are pretty cool. That's the the hand numbered variant. Uh, for King Spawn number one, glad to have it. Big nice signature on that one too. Did a good job. I uh, love okay. those are great. I love that. Thanks for letting me share those. Yeah, no, absolutely. Just in that room is awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so we talked about this before we started recording, yeah. but uh, this is from 2019 Marvel premiere. This was the first Marvel premiere box I bought. This is before COVID, obviously. I think I actually know. I think it was during COVID. I bought it. I think in. 2020 everything was shut down or mostly yeah. everything was shut down and i bought a box uh there's not they didn't sponsor this video but i bought a box i think it was on blowout cards 
um, and open it up. And I was super lucky to get a four panel sketch card. So the front of it, Oh, wow. The front of it's my favorite. The back is really good too. But, uh, if you are a Cyclops fan, I'm going to turn it sideways <laughs> just so I can fit it on the camera. Let me, wow, uh, look at that. It is, it, it is pretty, uh, pretty fantastic. On the back, we have some Jean gray action. Oh, that's my girl. Oh, nice. And so the artist, his name is, uh, Maddie Denham. So it was funny, uh, after I pulled this sketch card, I reached out on Twitter to the artist and said, hey, I just want to, I took a picture of it and said, hey, I want to let you know I pulled one of your sketch cards in the box. And he's like, that's so awesome. He's like, you know, I love it when people reach out to me and I get to see my artwork, you know, in the wild and everything. And I didn't ask, but he's like, I think I've got my preliminary sketches around here somewhere. If you want them, I'll send them to you. I'm like, uh, yeah, sure. So <laughs> he sent me, and I, I just have these in like the comic book, you know, covers and, and backings. Yeah. But Here's his preliminary sketch for for um, Cyclops. Wow. I don't know if you can see that or not, but I can, and I'm just really pleased that you have that. That's that's yeah. very special. Yeah. So it goes it goes with the actual sketch, you know, and then awesome. of course the other one with Jean Grey. I'm trying to hold this up wow. here so you can see it. That's but too it, cool. I couldn't even believe like it was so cool that he did that. Um, really nice guy, and it's it's cool to have them both together which is pretty neat. Um, also out of another Marvel uh, premiere box, this was out of 2019 as well. It was a different box. Uh, I got a silk sketch, which I really like this one Ooh, a lot. Nice. Yeah. This the is by uh, Bernie Cook is the name of the artist. I don't know if you heard him or not, but. Don't. But, but it's an awesome again? sketch. Yeah. Yeah. I want you to trade that to me. I like that a lot. <laughs> nice. It's it really nice. Line. Well, the line work. Yeah. So good. It's really, really good. It's a fantastic sketch. Wow. I really like that a lot. Yeah. So one of the you. things I'm working on now is I want to do a sketch binder and I want to get three sketches from every set going all the way back to 1997, the first ever sketch cards. Oh, wow. And, and, and I want to do a Peter Parker Spider-Man. I want to do a female uh, from that set. And then I want to do a villain from that set so everyone's going to get at least one peter parker spider-man and then female and a villain that's awesome i'd have one more sketch i brought to this episode because i thought it'd be cool you know this this isn't the greatest sketch that you've ever seen uh it's from the upper deck marvel avengers age of ultron set that was back when you were yeah. guaranteed an autograph or a sketch card and i can never pull an autograph out of that set but i, I had gotten a couple sketches so this this has significant sentimental value because this was the first box of trading cards my wife ever picked out for me. Oh, okay. First she got it ever. for you. Okay. She got it for me. She picked it out herself. And uh, I, th no joke. When I, when I, when I, I this is when we were up in Alaska and I told her before she's going to Bosco's, I said, Hey, yeah. you know, grab me one of these boxes. And then, you know, I gave her the name so she could, she could uh, tell the people working there what, what I wanted. And I said, if you can't pick the box that has an autograph in it, I would love an Iron Man sketch because Iron Man's my favorite. Uh, Marvel superhero, uh, yeah. and uh, no joke, got an Iron Man sketch out of it. Oh wow, that's awesome, dude! Um, I don't know if you can see; it's kind of hard to see the maybe the D. It's not the the greatest sketch ever, but it has so much sentimental value to me. Um, the artist is uh, Arturo. Um, so this is I think the set came out in 2015. But yeah, it's 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 just a. It was exactly I like what it. I asked for. Exactly what I asked for. A <laughs> uh, 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 Iron Man sketch card. So that had to be a, had to be a fun memory pull on that. 
Well, significantly special. fun memory. Yeah, very special, special because I remember when I pulled it and I just I couldn't believe it. I'm like, you picked a box like the what I was asking for. And she's like, Oh, okay. <laughs> she had no clue, no idea what I was talking about. But um That's yeah, awesome. it was it was a lot of fun. So it, it's fun when you make memories like that, right? You have things that you, you connect to mm-hmm. uh in, in collectibles. I have collectibles that are that that I enjoy that are cool, but I don't really have a lot of attachment to them. And mm-hmm. sometimes I will buy a collectible, I'll have it for a little while. I don't have any attachment to it. And then I move on and find something else. Um, but there are certain things. In fact, I was going to ask you this, this question, Justin, because I'm going to give you my answer. And then I'm curious on your answer. Yeah. So typically when you have collectors, right, you hear uh, whether it's cards or any other collectible, you hear the Holy grail, right? Like it's my Holy grail item. It's like the number one thing I absolutely want. It's the number or it's the number one most prized thing possession in my collection, whatever that is. I'm going to ask you what yours is in a second. Mine, I bought several years ago. I think I bought it back in like 2008 or 2009 on eBay. Um, I had it checked out. It's 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 legit and everything. Um, but back in 2002, there was a company called Dart Flip Cards. I think they're based mm-hmm. maybe based out of Canada. And they did a set of the Crocodile Hunter trading cards. Only set mm-hmm. ever made. And you could get autograph cards from Terry Irwin and then Steve Irwin, obviously the Crocodile Hunter. Um, the rumor is that he signed significantly less than 100 of them. And now if Ooh. you find them out on eBay, some are graded, some are not. I mean, there are thousands and thousands of dollars. I think I paid like $125 for mine wow. back in like 08 or 09. And it's 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 literally the pinnacle. It's it's the thing that I told my wife. I said, if I pass before you do, it's it becomes a family heirloom. Like it's it's mm-hmm. signed on card, signed by Steve Irwin. I also have his wife's card too. Uh, it sits in my safe like it's it's i have a, a stack mm-hmm. of my most not even necessarily the most valuable money wise most valuable to me cards in my safe one of the things i have i have the entire main cast of the big bang theory all signed cards minus kaylee cuoco because her card's stupid expensive um but yeah things like that so i'm curious on you justin and chris i'll also ask you the question so you can answer after justin what is it doesn't have to necessarily be a monetary thing what is mm-hmm. the most important, most significant thing in your entire collection? It doesn't matter what it is. It could be a card, comic, doesn't matter. What is your most, you know, value thing to you personally? Yes, yeah, a tough, tough question. Um, it's actually not a question I enjoy because it, when most of the time when people ask me, they're typically trying to figure out like, what is the most valuable thing? And, yeah. To me, value and, doesn't matter. It's just to you. What matters most to you? Yeah. Um, man, I have a, I have a Spider-Man action figure up here that literally has the paint worn off from the chest, but where I would hold it with my thumb as a kid so much and play with it. Um, that probably has the most sentimental value to me from just, you know, any of these collectibles that are behind me. Um, the, the, the Spider-Man AF-15 comic cut is really special to me and it's special for a number of reasons, not just because of what it is. You know, it, it's it's basically the top card in that set, as I see it. Um, and that set being 2022 uh, Spider-Man Metal, uh, I went into that set really hard and yeah. was, was after one of those cards. And and Upper Deck did some things that, that I didn't agree with. And so I had to adjust how I was going to pursue that set. And and basically, I, I I kept my own integrity and honored what I wanted to do, and instead of doing something I didn't want to do, and yet I was still able to get the the cards that I wanted. And so, 
that car means a lot to me because of the choices I made. Uh, example, uh, you mentioned buying Spider-Man Metal and Upper Decks EPAC. Uh, they came out with a price of four seventy-five a box, which I didn't agree with. Long story short, I thought that price mm -hmm. would hurt people, and it did. Yeah. So I chose not to buy any, and even though I didn't buy any, I was still able to get the number one card I wanted and the number one achievement that you had to do on EPAC to get it, which was the uh, the sixteen panel comic cut achievement. I showed you it was where it, it was the uh, black costume Spider Man. Yeah. Had all the different comic cuts. Yep. Uh, so those two cards right now are are, are two, the set of sixteen and the comic cut are pro are really special to me. Um, but in terms of like a, a like a true holy grail holy grail collectible, uh, I can't say I have one because my uh, my focus just shifts too too quickly. I'll I'll be into something, really enjoy it, and then shift to the next thing and to the next gotcha. thing, and that's just that's just been true my whole life. Gotcha. Okay. I I only I brought up my autograph Steve Irwin card only because. I grew up watching his stuff, and uh, he meant a lot to me. And only I, got, I picked up on that. Yeah, and you still, can't get it anymore. So no, you can't. And, and and still to this day, he is the only celebrity I've ever cried over when he died. Yeah, because that he, he meant that much to me. Still does. In fact, I, I have a hard right. time watching anything about him because I still get teary eyed. As crazy as that is, all these years later, uh, somebody I really, really, mm -hmm. really wanted to meet. My mom and I had plans to go to Australia Zoo. When I was younger, the trip didn't work out to try to meet him. Yeah. And of course he he passed. But um, but yeah, so I was just curious if you had something maybe similar in your collection that if, meant, meant a if lot. If I had, let me tell you something, if I had it, what it would be. Uh so so Stanley, well, can I give you kind of the full answer? Do we have time? Sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. So so in nineteen ninety-six, the um there was a bubble for collectibles, whether it was comic books, beanie babies, trading cards. It didn't matter, Babies. right? <laughs> uh, your mom and pop comic book shops, cards, coins, and collectibles, all those started going out of business in around 96. There's a lot of reasons behind it, but Marvel was significantly impacted to the point that they were going bankrupt, okay? And by the way, this is the time where they eventually sold off the movie rights to X-Men and, uh, and Fantastic Four to Fox, Spider-Man to Sony, just to have money to, to stay solvent, okay? Um, well... Trading cards were were diminishing because of it as well. And your creators, all these incredible creators of comics, they had time on their hands. Well, one of the things they did is in 1997, they had a bunch of them draw sketch cards for a Marvel card set. And it was Flare Ultra Spider-Man, 1997 Flare Ultra Spider-Man. And, and, and Stan Lee drew a Spider-Man sketch card. So it's the first ever sketch card in a trading card set. Stan Lee, the creator of Spider-Man, draws Spider-Man, and it's pa a packed pool sketch, and it's signed on the front. Oh, wow. So, so if I could get a Stan Lee Spider-Man sketch card, packed pool sketch card, with the auto, I, that would be amazing to me. Because it's the creator, yeah. it's art, it's his signature, it's the first of its kind in an era where people were not buying it. Um, that would be That would be a holy grail. Did he only do one of those or did he do multiple sketch cards? Well, I don't know the answer specifically, but in 1997, I think it's believed he only did one. Mm -hmm. And there is rumors that it's, it's, that it's been pulled, but no one's ever seen it. Mm -hmm. In 1998, he did more. And so you can actually get them in the, in the 1998 sets, but it's not the 1997. I would be honored to have a 98 one as well, 
it would be it would be very 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 special wouldn't be wouldn't be the same uh but that would be that would be awesome if you saw the john romito spider-man sketch with sign mm-hmm. on the front it's like that but but stanley gotcha okay all right well chris what about you do you have a do you have a holy grail or a, or a particular item in your collection that has the most meaning to you I think mine will be a, a little bit different, like because I don't have cards. I have collected comics. In fact, um, I saw I saw on your wall, Justin. I saw I saw yeah, you had you is. had this Spider Man, right? So so I had That's that. Such a and, great cover. Yeah, yeah. And I was I was joking with with Zach last night. I said, okay, Zach, I'm just gonna bring this this box over, and I had this box of just I didn't even know what was in it yet, but it's you know it was comics and things I had gotten before, and so I was just yeah pulling things out of spider-man i had a lot of punisher i had captain america all of those all of those series just love and i and i haven't had a lot of batman and dark horse comics that i that i love um so i think about those comics that i like i think about some of those action figures i had some have some still have some um star wars action figures uh some mm-hmm. some that were pretty close to the original ones that that i love and that are great um but when i think about what is like my favorite in my collection of things it, it comes down to a it's actually a series of of books that 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 i love so it's a book um it's it's if you may have heard of it it's the chronicles of pridane it's by lloyd lloyd alexander and it's a it's a series of of books they they built they based a disney movie the black cauldron off of one of the books off okay. of it and so um that is just um i love that book those books they're very special they're about um, just a young man in his adolescence coming into becoming a man and and then all 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 he learns in there um and i think i, I think why that is my favorite zach and justin is because so, so zach you know i love obi-wan kenobi right you know like he's yes star wars he's like my favorite he's my favorite um character i love him as a jedi i think he's the best jedi out of all of them and yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. And so in the Chronicles of, of Pridane, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of, you have a mentor and you have a young man and you have a young man learning from that mentor and, and learning all of these things as he comes into being a, uh, an actualized person. And that just, that just connects with me with, with Obi-Wan Kenobi and all of that. And that's why I love it. So if I had to choose one, it would be that. And, you know, I would, I've read that series of books multiple times and I would read it again every year. So that's, that's mine. Hey, hey yeah. everybody has their own thing. You yeah. know? It's, there's nothing wrong with that. I was going to show you too. So we talk about comics. I don't have a massive comic collection and, you know, you may not like this answer, Justin, but my favorite, <laughs> yeah. I will say my favorite comic book character, cause I don't call him a superhero. He doesn't have any superpowers. My favorite comic book character yeah. of all time is Batman. I'm a Batman guy. Yeah. That's, that's my Batman's thing. In my, Batman's in my top five. Yeah, he's uh, he's the only DC character that I, I truly care about, uh, and he is, uh, in in a lot of ways, he's 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 I don't I don't want to call him a perfect superhero, um, because there is such a grim a grim aspect to him. Yeah, but the fact that he has a moral code of never killing someone speaks to me so strongly. Uh, I love it. I don't always yeah. love what the writers do with him. Sometimes I think they miss it. Um, but that he values life so strongly that he he won't kill Joker, who keeps coming back to kill more people, but he won't break his code. And I actually think that's really special. Yeah. Um, so I love Batman. 
great yeah great, so great selection my most valuable comic that i have <clears throat> it's not like super super expensive it's an 8.0 detective comics number 405 from november 1970 with a uh i believe this is a great neil adams cover it's the first appearance of the league of assassins which is pretty yeah. important with him with rachel ghoul and everything I, the glare is kind of hard on here but the, you know, the neil really adams fantastic. artwork for batman just i mean it's he, he took him out of that Frankie, silly look yep. into this just great representation of the Dark Knight. Yeah. What a great, what a great it, cover. It's a it's a great cover. It's a great book. I mean, especially after watching um Arrow and Gotham, you know, and you see mm -hmm. kind of the, some of the origin stuff about Bat young Batman or young Bruce Wayne, I should say. And then yeah. the the significance and the impact of of the League of Assassins and Rachel Ghoul on mm -hmm. Oliver Queen and on Green Arrow, I was like, yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a cool book to have for sure. I mean, it's not it's not a nine point eight or anything like that, but it's still it's still an awesome book to have. Um, yeah, so it, it, it's uh, comic books are comic books are special. Um, be, besides Marvel, I, I maybe you kind of mm -hmm. already answered this with Star Wars, maybe, but. Besides Marvel, is there another franchise that you're a huge fan of? Is it Star Wars? Is it a different franchise? Well, I actually owe quite a bit to Lord of the Rings. And so, you know, so obviously I have this fandom that's specifically tied to Spider-Man and Wolverine uh, and Batman. Batman the Animated Series was really, really awesome. Um, very much enjoyed that as a kid. But the... The first time I went and saw Lord of the Rings, I had very little awareness of who J.R.R. Tolkien was, of, of The Hobbit, and or the books. Uh, maybe I'd heard of them, and, and they lived in this I'm not smart enough to read category. Uh, that's likely how I thought of it as a kid. Hmm. And I watched it, and it, it just awoke inside of me um, this imagination. And uh, which I think is, I think is actually really, really important to, you know, live in life to its fullest. And, you know, a, a imagination can be dangerous, but also can just be super rewarding. And that led me to um, uh, reading the book. So I watched the first one, the, the Fellowship of the Ring. And then I went back and I read uh, the, the Hobbit, the Fellowship of the Ring, the Two Towers and the Return of the King. And reading those books um, has just meant the world to me. I love it. And and then that spawned me to write a book called Bound by Freedom, which I'll show you something real quick. Um, this is actually, uh, let's spin this around. Can you guys hear me okay? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So this is actually the map of, a, and you can see the Tolkien, you know, influence with the map. If you're oh, familiar yeah. with, with the map. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I won't, I won't go in, I won't bore anybody with what Bound by Freedom is, but it just meant that much to me that it kind of it's, it sparked that in me. And, and in a lot of ways, the the stuff that I have related to Bound by Freedom is actually probably, you know, from, I don't consider it a collectible because it's my own creation. But uh, if I had to, if I had, if it was a fire, I would grab my manuscripts and notes and what I've written in those maps probably before I would grab some of my collectibles. Yeah. That is outstanding, Justin. I didn't know that. Thank you so much for for sharing sharing that with us. And it's just beautiful to learn that, you know, Lord of the Rings, and that that volume of work inspired you and affected you. And yeah, this is and, outstanding. And even, 
Yeah. That led to an appreciation for C.S. Lewis. Yes. Friends of Tolkien. Yes. Yep. Uh, most people know him from mm-hmm. Chronicles of Narnia, although he has many other tremendous writings. Uh, but C.S. Lewis says something that just still impacts me today, even as a YouTube creator, which is, um, and, and it, the, I, I can't remember the source of the quote, so please forgive me. I'm going to say it in the way that lives in my mind and has had an impact on me. But basically, it's like if you're if you're creating something, and he was talking about writing. I'm just going to use the word creating. He says, stick to the truth no matter how many times it's been said, and you'll actually end up being very different. But if you set out to be different, you'll end up being like everyone else. And like, that just means so much to me. Like, I just want to, you know, you know, be in that lane of like, just stick to the truth. And that's a, that's a big word. It means a lot. Okay. But let's just say you're writing a story about uh, something that's inside of you, uh, whether it be a story of good and evil. If you start worrying about, well, that sounds like Lord of the Rings, or that sounds like Star Trek, or that sounds like this, you'll start compromising the story that's within you. If you're creating, if you're making videos for YouTube and you're like, well, it's going to look like this channel or that channel, and you start compromising what is in you, then you end up actually being like everybody else. But if you just stick to the truth, the story that's within you, in the end, you actually end up being very, very different because a lot of people struggle with, you know, what are other people thinking? You know, how are they going to judge this? And it causes them to get away from the true story that that's in them from a creator standpoint. So there was um, an interview with Bruce Lee. Yeah. So when, when Bruce Lee was living in, so when one of the things that struck me when, when he did his interview and his response was using his martial arts to find the, the purest and kind of distilled ver- expression of who he was as a person. And it was not mm-hmm. trying, you know, not trying to be like everyone else, just be you. Just be you yeah. and be the most authentic person uh, and version of you that that you can be. Um, so, I, you know that those themes. That's just beautiful, Justin. Those themes are. It's just awesome, and people can learn so much from that too. Right. So yeah, yeah Bruce Lee ended up yeah. being very different. Yeah, he didn't set out to be different. He set out to be Bruce Lee. Yeah, maybe the greatest martial artist of all time, arguably. You know. Um, yeah. You know, yeah, that that's a really good quote, Chris. Because uh, oh, what is our inside gag? You know, we're nothing if not authentic. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that's great. Uh, yeah, you know, for those of you watching or listening here as as uh, as part of our podcast, if you've not been to Justin's um, YouTube channel, Spidey Hits, please go do it. One of the, I think, the thing that I love most about your YouTube channel and your content, Justin, is not the flashy cards or or the the all the videos. It's 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 the the positivity. It's the it's the environment, the welcoming um, atmosphere that you create through your content, right? Like you watch your videos, and like every time I watch one of your videos, I just feel happier. You know, I just feel better. Like <laughs> so, if that is your goal, then then you can check that box off as as being successful. And that's what I, that's what I love. So if you're having a, a down day, and so there's so yeah. many Marvel fans out there. So if you guys are having a down day out there, go watch Spidey hits. Because I, I guarantee you, by the time you're done watching this stuff, you'll have a smile on your face. You'll feel like, yeah, things are things are looking up. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Because, you know, if, if you're like me, my affection around these collectibles or stories, whether it be Marvel or whatever, happened during a difficult season of life. Um, and for a lot of us, that was when we were kids, you know, when things were happening outside of our control. And maybe it didn't for you, but that's that's true for me. 
And so I think one of the reasons we come back to it is because it represents that in some way. And life generally gets harder <laughs> as we get yeah. older. The world gets a little colder. The consequences are a little more significant and the stress a little more heightened. And then at sometimes uh, the loneliness a, a little more alone. And so I'm like, man, if I can just use this, this medium of this thing I enjoy to, to create an invitation for people to be with me in a way that I can make a difference in their life and, and leave them, you know, a, you know, a little more marvelous. I want to do that. Well, I think you're succeeding. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really do. And so keep doing what you're doing because I think it's great. And um, like I said, if you guys haven't watched his, his YouTube channel or followed him, please go do so because it's very much worth your time, especially if you're, you don't even have to be into Marvel cards. Just if you like Marvel, or if you like, you know, great content creation on YouTube, um, it, it's very much worth it. So um, Justin, this has been awesome. We really appreciate you coming on here and, and sharing uh, uh, your stories and your time with us and your knowledge of, of the trading cards. I mean, I have a, this much knowledge as far as Marvel cards, so I have just enough to kind of have an idea what's going on, but obviously you're, 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 you're knee deep in it. And we really appreciate uh, all the, all the, uh, the knowledge you've shared and in your time for sure. And it's a pleasure. I'm happy to do it. And look, uh, anybody has a question, you can find me on Instagram. Uh, I also have a discord channel, Spidey hits Marvel cards, which you probably need to message me. It's not an open channel. Uh, we do have rules for the discord channel. Uh, number one, you got to love people. People are greater than Marvel cards. They're worth more than any collectible we have. Uh, you got to love Marvel cards. So if you if you if you don't enjoy them, you probably don't want to be there because that's what it's about, you know. <laughs> um, and and keep it marvelous. Like, look, there's enough negativity in the world. Um, there's plenty of places to to share that if that's what's necessary. And it doesn't mean don't be honest and don't be authentic, but don't be deliberately negative. But if you love people, love Marvel cards, you want to keep it marvelous. That Discord is a really good place especially to learn because we have people there who are much better experts than even me who can help answer questions and, and share that information with you. Yeah. Yeah. We really appreciate it. Um, <clears throat> your, your videos are definitely a breath of fresh air because the internet is a pretty nasty place for the most <laughs> part. Right. I mean, because you have all those keyboard ninjas and keyboard warriors out there who they just say stuff behind faux names and they don't, there's no consequences basically. For the they, most part, so they, it's nice to have they, a breath of fresh air. Well, and I appreciate that. And look, there's love for them too, man. They're 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 likely, you know, going through whatever they're going through, and and you know, and as as terrible as it is, probably doing the best they can what they got to work with. And uh, so I'm really grateful to to be in a place in life where that's not necessary for me. So I don't want to be a part of that or spreading that. Um, and we live in a day and age, like you said, you know, if it's 1992. You're probably not wearing a shirt that says I hate Star Wars and I'm wearing a shirt that says I hate Star Trek, right? Like that's, but that's where we're at now. Like people mm -hmm. have an outlet to say what they hate rather than only talk about what they love. And, and yeah, I think the, I think the, the way to combat that is just to be a bright light as much as I can. Yeah. Yeah. Justin, if I could ask you one, one last question from me, Yeah. Um, but you think about the journey that you've, I've loved learning all of this about you. And you think about the journey that you've had just in the last few years and to the audience you have now. Mm -hmm. So three, three years from now, four years from now, five years from now, continuing on this journey, like what, where, where do you see yourself or, or what kind of effect would, would you like to have? Ooh, 
Um, I want to continue to show up as a leader in the space. And that word means a lot to me. So let me define it so to make sure it doesn't make sure you hear it the way I mean it. So I view a leader as being a cause in the future that was not going to exist on its own. That means I'm, I see myself as, you know, a, a, that I matter in it, like, and, and there's an impact that I can have. So I want to be a cause in the future that was not going to happen on its own that serves or attempts to serve all relevant parties in the most loving way possible. And so I'm committed to just, as long as I'm in the space, to being a leader that's having an impact on, on in that way. Uh, that could be, uh, whether that's just helping build a culture around the content, around the hobby, uh, that, you know, has people inspired to be kind and to keep it marvelous, so to speak. Uh, or if that even is a, a greater impact in terms of even the product being developed, if there's some way that, that I could be involved in a way that kind of helps drive that leadership and culture. And I'm totally open to the fact that that would, you know, that that maybe one day I'm not making content at all and I'm not collecting Marvel cards at all and I'm doing whatever else the Lord has me to do. Um, but either way, I want to show up as a leader uh, in the space, you know, from now and into the future. Thank you. Yeah, that's fantastic. Like I said, um, go, go follow him, subscribe to his YouTube channel. It's a breath of fresh air. And, and you know what? Honestly, even if you're not into Marvel trading cards, you may learn a few things. You're going to learn a lot, actually. But it, it may drive you to want to get into the hobby. Um, Look, on, I, on, on almost every Tuesday night, we do the Marvel show. And it's, it's obviously Marvel cards is a big part of it. We really talk about nostalgia. And then we, we talk about kind of real life issues related to the, to the hobby and to collecting. Uh, both, the, you know, uh, both the positive and negative aspects of it and to make sure that we're all keeping a good, healthy mental uh, space as we collect. Yeah, I think that's important. There's, you know, it, it can be it can be frustrating to collect at times, I think. Uh, <laughs> and but when you have people to share your passion with you, I think that's great. I mean, I think, you know, looking back, Chris, I think one of the reasons why we started this podcast was just sharing our passion for these things. Right. I mean. Star Trek, Star Wars, science fiction, Marvel, you name whatever, all the stuff we've talked about and we'll continue to talk about on this podcast is it's why we started it just to share in the community. Um, you know, we, we become pretty active in the Star Trek uh, podcast community and the science fiction podcast community. And it's really awesome to be a part of that mm -hmm. and share this passion that we have for these different franchises and different things that mean a lot to us. It's a great journey. We're loving being on it. Yeah. Yeah. We've met a lot of great people, um, obviously you included Justin. So yeah, thank you for your time. Thanks for coming on here. Uh, we really appreciate that. And I think it's only fitting if not only do you go to Instagram and Facebook and check us out there. We also have a, 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 a store on Teespring now where you can get your own random red shirt. I saw that. Great. That was yes. awesome. And oh, by the way, if you look really, really closely, guys, to those of you watching our list, if you look really closely on our Teespring link, which is in the description below and on the last couple of videos, there is a Mirror Universe version of our logo from the Mirror Universe episodes that we're deep diving into. So pay attention, look for the little Terran Empire symbol. But I think it's really only fitting, Chris, if we end this episode with uh, with having a marvelous day, right? I mean, that that like that that makes yes. sense. If if you allow us, Justin, yes. to, to steal oh, your tagline here, that's that's um, what I want. So yeah. So again, thank you very much, Justin, and uh, and obviously Chris. Uh, this has been awesome. We love it. And um, with that being said, Chris, have a marvelous day. That's right. <laughs> have a marvelous day, everybody. Thanks for listening. And we'll catch you next time right here on the Random Red Shirt Podcast.